special episode of the Irish NFL show. Uh, I'm doing this because I uh, stayed up until 5 a.m. last night watching the Broncos Colts on Thursday night football and felt I needed to maybe exercise some demons after that and uh, delighted to welcome a very talented young writer from Denver, a man who writes for Mile High Sports and is also co-host of Let's Talk Broncos, Zach Seegers. How are you doing? Oof, not great. Not great. I. It's wild. Uh, it, this was supposed to be the light at the end of the tunnel, and yet this is, I, I really think, the darkest it's been in the post-Manning era. It's It's truly crazy to me. And I think that that's interesting. Talk, talk to me, I suppose, a little bit more about why you feel that it is in, in terms of for, for the Broncos. We're obviously talking about uh, in, in this particular uh, podcast episode. Why do you feel that in the post Manning era, given that the team has gone through a number of head coaches, has gone through, we've all seen the, the carousel images of all the, the quarterbacks the Broncos have had. This, this civil war almost in the fan base amongst, uh, you know, during the Drew Locke era, but this feels the bleakest. Why do you think that is? Because there was always hope, you know, like go back to 2016, you know, and entering the season, even when it was bad and it was like, oh, Mark Sanchez is so horrific. He's not even going to make the roster and it's going to be seventh round Trevor Simeon starting you had, and of course it was false promise, but you had this idea of, well, they just drafted this uber talented first round prospect and they still have this uh, talent carryover from the Super Bowl team. And, you know, they, they've got something to build on. And then in 2017, it was like, okay, well, this is the year Paxton takes over. Maybe th- you could say it was kind of similarly dark in, during 2017. You have that terrible draft. Um, the draft class is looking really rough. The LA stuff is coming to a head. Paxton is not the answer as you're going into a second year of Trevor Simeon. And it's clear Trevor Simeon isn't the answer either. Um, I, I think that's kind of a similar place, but you still could at least go, okay, well, next off season, um, you know, maybe they figure out the coaching stuff. Um, they figure out the quarterback stuff. Um, I don't know. And I think you can go through every year. We, we don't have to do that, but every year and kind of find those cases. And that just doesn't, that doesn't exist right now. It, it's Russell Wilson looking at the cap. I'm seeing different things. I just saw an article published from a Arif Hassan, who I really respect saying they can't get out until 2026, um, maybe 2025. I, you know, I've, I'm not the biggest salary cap expert, but my research when I was looking at over the cap, which I think is the best resource out there, made it look like the Broncos can get out um, here. I actually have it right in front of me. If my computer will cooperate, um, uh, the Broncos could get out after <clears throat> 2024 or during the 2024 off season, rather, if they designated as a post June 1st cut. Now it'd be painful. It's $35.4 million in dead cap. Um, but uh, 
that's in line with what we've seen with the Wentz deal, the Goff deal, and then this recent Matt Ryan trade out of Atlanta. It is doable. Um, it would signal a rebuild and I think some negative things, but the Broncos can get out of it after next season. I don't think it's like the seven years of darkness that some people are framing it as, but still it looks dark and, and there's just not a clear way out of it for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and uh, firstly, big shout out to Arif. He actually joined us on our London show uh, live in person last weekend. And yeah, truly, truly great guy. And it is absolutely wild to me that the talk, and, and it's not alone that we're talking about it, it's all over Twitter about when could the Broncos potentially move on? And you've highlighted there, I suppose, that there are a number of different options because the Rams went all in in terms of going out to get Stafford, whereas the Eagles took a totally different approach. They were happy to move on from Wentz because they had Jalen Hurts. Um, and the, the Eagles, probably the, the best example of the way in which if you have a young QB, even if they went to the second round, this is what you do to, to build around them. But maybe going back to, to Wilson and that darkness, I think for me is because as you said, there was hope previously where, and it was the potential and it was the future, whereas this was supposed to be it, right? The, the years and years of being told the Broncos are a quarterback away and not just by Denver media, but by national media. And then Denver get the QB and then it, it's been worse. I mean, when, when you go back and I was looking at this and I went back to the 2011 season, which they, you had the whole controversy, obviously, which Tebow ends up coming and starting, but the Broncos end up with 105 points that year. People want to point for some reason to the 2012 year of Peyton Manning's first time, but through the first five games, they have 135 points. Um, they, then if we go to more recent, the 2017, it's 108, 2018, it's 100, 2019, which is an awful, awful start. They still scored 90. 100 in 2020, 102 in 2021, 2022, 75 points. I mean, it, it is unbelievable how bad it, it has been. And maybe um, before I throw it back over to you, I, I'll give a, one tweet I saw from Zach Bai was that the Colts came into Denver with a 32nd ranked offense. And I would add the lowest points per game average. Um, but Zach goes on to say they then scored below that average and still beat the Broncos. And that, That's if beautiful. It, that, doesn't that encapsulate just how awful if you're a Broncos fan listening to this and if you're anyone else listening to it, because it wasn't just the Broncos who had to suffer through this last night. Anyone watching anywhere in, in the world did. But for you, Zach, I suppose, what do you see are, are the biggest issues with maybe we'll get into maybe Nathaniel Hackett in a little while, but with Russell Wilson right now? It's a good, it's a good question. So I, I don't think it's the physical stuff, actually, the more and more I look at it. And I think that's why, and I don't want to jump the gun. I know we'll get into Hackett. I think it's more Hackett than Russ. What is going wrong with Russ right now is he does have some diminished physical abilities. Um, you know, he's not the scrambler I, he once was, but you look at the, the next gen stats um, stuff from last night, which definitely isn't possible, but in the, I mean, it is, it is just undeniable 
numbers about how fast players are moving, you know? And in the first half, he had two of the three fastest speeds. Caden Stearns had the fastest on his uh, first half interception, um, fastest ball carrier speeds. So like he still has some ability. Um, I don't think the escapability is really diminished from what we saw last year in Seattle. Now, last year in Seattle was diminished from, you know, what was a Hall of Fame trait at the peak of his career. Um, but I don't think like it, it's in athleticism. He's just fallen off the cliff. It looks mental. Um, the accuracy is bizarrely off. I haven't had the chance to run the numbers on this. Um, I want to look at CPOE and see how it uh, compares to, to Russell Wilson's career. Um, uh, completion percentage over expectation uh, is, is that um, the, the, acronym um but anyways yeah I, i'm i don't know the accuracy is ridiculously bad and it just looks like he's pressing it looks like he is just trying so hard um on every single play i i just don't know because you're seeing the de decision making decline the accuracy decline things that we don't associate with age-based regression it's just wild um i think a, a healthy chunk of it is also we're seeing this offense um, lean into all the bad Russell Wilson stuff. And I think there's three important offenses to kind of talk about when we're talking about what this 2022 Broncos offense should look like. I think there's the Russell Wilson offense, which is what he ran in Seattle from 2012 to 2019. There's the let Russ cook offense, which is what he ran the last two years. And then there's the Nathaniel Hackett offense. Um, I think right now what we're seeing is the let is like, let Russ cook with all the governors taken off, just dialed up to the max. It is Russell Wilson doing what Russell Wilson wants to do. It feels so in line with the Brandon McManus 64 yard kick. Like, Hey, well, my, you have this super player friendly coach going, Oh, well, my player said he's able to do this and I'm a player coach. So we're going to do that. Um, and I think it's kind of enabled Russ to like how much they're running out of empty. Russ was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL out of empty last year. And it was clear, I think, to anyone that studied 2021, that that was something that had to be dialed down. They've dialed it up. All the like lessons of the last two years with Seattle, the Broncos have gone in the opposite direction of, I mean, I think a lot of that's Russell Wilson. He wants to do his best Peyton Manning impression. and. Russell Wilson doing a Peyton Manning impression is a bad quarterback. I think Russell Wilson being the best version of 34 year old Russell Wilson can be a competent NFL quarterback. I really do believe that. I don't think it'll live up to the contract. I don't think it'll live up to the trade because those are Super Bowl moves. Um, but the fact it's incompetent right now, I just, it's wild. It's mental regression from the quarterback position, I, I can't remember ever seeing before, frankly. And I, I don't know exactly if obviously it's essentially the morning after the night before for you. I don't know if you saw Kyle Brand's comments this morning, um, but it, he's, he's, did. Really, he's really gone for Russell. I mean, he I, this is a guy, I suppose, who I, I would agree with his comments a couple of years ago where he said the Broncos didn't move the dial. There was nothing about the franchise to get excited about and, and really what were the Broncos about. 
then the Russell Wilson trade happened and he seemed to, you know, uh, amongst everyone else, like people thought, I don't think there was anyone thought it was going to be bad, right? Certainly there were people in Seattle who said, you're going to have issues. He's not nearly as good as you think, but nobody thought the Broncos were going to be, you know, averaging 15 points a game and, uh, you know, with the, the struggles in the, the red zone. But that piece from um, from Brandt in terms of talking about Russell's authenticity and his leadership, did any of that, like you're on the ground there in Denver, did any of that strike you as being true? Or is that somebody looking from the outside and maybe kind of projecting what they see onto Russell Wilson? You know, I... I don't know. I think there is a lot of that there with him. You know, I think Russ is always, I don't know. He's always pressing too hard as a person. I think what we see from Russell Wilson isn't like, um, I don't know, because he's become so notorious for his like on camera stunts and everything. And I think that is kind of tangentially related to this. I, he's just not a very genuine person. I think he's a good person, but I don't think he's like a sociopath or like some lizard person or, you know, some, someone devoid of human feelings. And that's why it's so awkward and uncomfortable. I think he's just trying too hard. Um, and he really wants to be loved by everyone. Um, I think I heard someone say, uh, he wants to be everything for everyone. And in the process, he ends up becoming nothing, um, to, no one or nothing to everyone something like that um and i think that really perfectly captures it it's just i I don't know right now i just think he's trying to be peyton manning i i remember hearing all this uh all these um comments this off season from uh i think it was mina kinds of just some some people in the media with better source i i think mike sando actually who's uh athletic national reporter um in the seattle area has great Pacific Northwest reporting or uh, sources rather um, and said that uh, Russell Wilson kind of wants to be Peyton Manning and that's kind of what we saw with the let Russ cook offense you want to see him dial up a lot of these tendencies and I, I think it's just being enabled I don't know it's it's a nightmare yeah, um, and certainly I think when you're trying to to be somebody who you're not, um, and, and it kind of reminds me that and Brett Coleman got in a lot of trouble the other day because he was talking, to, it was unre- unrelated to QB play, but he was talking about um, trying to knock the ball loose, and he was talking about the way in which OC had a particular way of doing it, but essentially OC's way of doing it was so good and so unique to OC that Claire is trying to emulate it are go- it's not going to work right because OC is so good at it and to me it came across as and I think maybe somebody said to OC hey this guy's criticizing you and then it was only after OC read it he realized that he ended up deleting his tweet and apologizing Carmen well to me I had read it as being complimentary to OC it's a bit like when I think of Reggie White's hook move and, and other people trying to do what Reggie White could do in terms of moving a player with one arm um not even Aaron Donald can do what what Reggie could do with that one arm but that to me is like if you're trying to emulate Peyton Manning that is that's just a a terrible terrible idea and and if you are being enabled 
in order to do that by a head coach um that that just adds you know fuel to to the fire and that probably moves us on to Nathaniel Hackett who you know it's been certainly an interesting five games and obviously he has brought in additional resources to help him out when I suppose this encompasses maybe Wilson and Hackett you were there on the ground you were at at training camp was any of the struggles that we are seeing now evident at, at that point or or was this just when competition kicked in that uh and and all you know the Mike Tyson everybody's got to got a plan to get punched in the face it didn't show up at all in training camp the only thing that showed up and, and that does that I do keep reflecting on was um, the scrambling stuff. Uh, you had the defenders, like I, I'll butcher the Hackett quote, but there was a point where he said something like, oh yeah, the defense you know, keeps getting upset because they're like, oh, that was a sack, that was a sack. And I have to tell them, oh, you know, with Russell Wilson, it's, it's never, you know, you never have him dead until he's dead. You know, he's creating some of these plays. So we've given him like some more leeway on like calling play sacks, whatever. That one, but but it also seemed reasonable, you know, because of what Russell Wilson is. Like it did seem probably a little um, inflated maybe, but it didn't, I don't think you would have foreseen this. And I also think like, while that is a problem with Russell Wilson and is maybe the reason he doesn't have the ceiling you would hope at this point. Um, I don't think it's the reason why it's disastrous. Like even a diminished Russell Wilson, I still believe should be a competent NFL offense. And again, I think the reason it's not is because Nathaniel Hackett. Some of it is Wilson's ego to the point you and were hitting on and, and Kyle Brandt hit on. Um, but it, you know who's enabling that? Nathaniel Hackett. Like okay, let's go to Peyton Manning. Go, go to the Peyton Manning impression. Peyton Manning had a vision of the offense. He wanted to run too and put his foot down with it and was very intense. And his head coach at the time, Gary Kubiak, went, nope, this is what we're going to do instead. And Peyton's displeasure with that was not a secret. And it was the right decision. Gary Kubiak stepped up and did his job. He was the coach. He was the offensive overseer. He stepped up and did his job. And Nathaniel Hackett, it just seems like he he doesn't have a pitch other than um, the baseball analogy. Sorry uh, for my international audience here, um, but he doesn't have a different uh, thing to hit you with other than I'm Mr. Player Friendly. And man, that would I would get tired of that in a hurry. Like how long are the Austin Powers uh, Kahoot bits going to like get you when it's this disastrous like do you want to go into the team meeting on monday and have hackett uh bust out in a gold member costume and be like let's talk about how we improve in the gold zone uh, just imagine being like kj hamler in that meeting i would be so mad so mad like i think it because these nfl athletes and professional athletes in general are so live such a different life than us heck celebrities in general it's easy to forget like that they're people and like don't function that i think differently from us like can you imagine if your boss was doing that goofy stuff when like 
you were laying people off and the company was about to like shutter, you would, it would not go over well. I don't, I just, and that's currently the, the player management or whatever is all hack it has. Um, that's, that's all, that's his qualification for the job. Um, so if the locker room starts to sour on that, I just don't know what it is. Um, and then again, going back to the, uh, when you look at how bad this offense is, I really think it's Hackett enabling all the worst rust stuff and also kind of being the most generic of these um, McVeigh LeFleur uh, disciples. It, it looks a lot like kind of the Zach Taylor stuff where it's like, oh, this is not, um, this is not looking interesting. Like even Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, like Mike McDaniel, I think is maybe a positive outlier. Um, but it's like, oh, this is uh, kind of generic and uninventive. It's like he's just, he doesn't know how to do the, he doesn't know how to answer the problems to the test. He just has a good eye on the smart kids desk, you know, like he's, it, it just feels like he's kind of copy and pasting some stuff rather than like understanding how to actually apply the concepts and i don't know i think there's a world where the broncos move off of hackett bring in an adult like frank reich after he probably gets ousted by the colts and things look a lot rosier next year i don't think it'll, it'll live up to the trade or the contract still i'm kind of out on that with russ but i i do think um it should not be this bad. I don't think it's, I think it's bad in a different way from Urban Meyer, but it's reminding me of that and what we saw from Trevor Lawrence last year, where it was like, whoa, he is playing like the worst quarterback in the league. This is really disappointing considering all the Trevor Lawrence hype we had. Um, and Trevor Lawrence, because he was a college prospect and everything has had infinitely more upside than Russell Wilson does at this point. But um, I think you could see a similar uh, uh, rehabilitation project next season if the Broncos can figure out the coaching stuff. But then you're also going to see some potential offensive learning period at the front end of next season too. Um, it's it's a rough outlook, to be frank. Well, Sean Payton is out there sitting up in the mountains and, you know, given uh, the interviews I've seen him do recently, he sounds like he's chomping at the, the bit to, to get back in. For, for listeners, uh, in terms of the goal zone that Zach mentioned, that I think comes from a Blake Bortles interview that, that he did um, uh, or certainly talked about. Uh, I know I heard it over on the Athletic podcast over the, the summer months. Um, and yeah, I, I think that would be a concern. It also reminded me of some of the stories um, about Jim Harbaugh when he was with the 49ers and he wanted to be everybody's best friend and he would sit with the players at lunch and he would want to be around them all the time, which can work in a college setting when guys are young and you're constantly, you know, changing uh, personnel every single year um, and guys don't stay longer really than, than four years. Um, but yeah, for 
uh, grown adults with responsibilities and mortgages and kids who've been around a number of different organizations. I think that's one of the things younger players very often struggle with is you've gone from being a leader all the time, um, but generally with guys your own age or thereabouts, maybe three or four years max in difference. And all of a sudden you come into a locker room and you've got to win guys who are 36, 37 uh, over. And hack it, that seems to be a, a real struggle. Um, so yeah, there, there's an awful lot wrong as, as we've discussed, uh, with the, the Broncos and it's both the head coach and, um, the, the QB who's being paid nearly a, a quarter of a, a billion dollars in terms of where they go from here, because that the first, I suppose, five games were supposed to be the easier part of the, of the schedule in theory. And yeah, there are some other games you'd have to say, you know, against the Jets, but the Jets have shown, I suppose, a little bit of fight over the, the last few weeks. The Jaguars all of a sudden in London, you know, the Jags are, are, are feisty. Where, what can the Broncos do? And you've talked about potential change at the end of the year, but we, we're sitting here, it, the Broncos have just played their week five game. They still have another 12 games to play, 13 weeks to go. What did they do from here, Zach? Yeah, that's a really, really good question, Colin. I think here's my best case for optimism, and I am feeling really down on this season. But I think the case for optimism is Lindsey Jones uh, put out a tweet yesterday saying like, just left the locker room after being there for 40 minutes or whatever. Uh, Hackett and Russ are still in quiet conversation off by themselves. Um, and I think those two coming together and figuring out a plan, I think it's going to be a come to Jesus moment for both of them. I think Hackett, and honestly, this break's coming at a great time. Um, Cody highlighted something to me actually before the game even started last night. He was like, I don't know about the Broncos tonight. It's like, it's a short week. And how, how can you really uh, expect a team to improve when they have two contactless practices, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of fair. I think it, it, you probably weren't going to see a big leap this week. And, and that's not to, things are still looking very bad, but now you have this long break where things can improve and can get right. And you know, Russell Wilson is going to be working hard even during these off days because he will not shut up in any press conference about how hard he loves to work. Um, so he'll, he'll at least put the hours in. What's important is putting those hours in the right direction. Um, and hopefully things are so ugly. Like this is, I think the lowest moment of Russell Wilson's career. Um, you could maybe argue when that Seth Wickersham piece first came out and it had teammates burying him, but that was all like anonymous sources and cloak and dagger and, oh, and it was probably like really uncomfortable for him. They're all showboating on Twitter now. It's like not even a secret, like Richard Sherman's enjoying it. They're on TV talking about it. He is the laughing stock of the country, but maybe the international football world. I'm, I'm honestly, uh, uh, and embarrassingly not in touch with the dialogue across the pond. But over here, it, every talk show is just laughing at him. He is the punchline. Um, and this is an individual, going back to kind of what we talked about earlier, who cares so deeply about what people think about him. Now, I think that's led to him going in the wrong direction 
uh, so far this season and probably pressing too much and everything. Um, and this also probably requires a level of self-awareness. I'm unsure he has, but if he, and, and, and at a level of adaptability and ingenuity, I'm not sure Hackett has, but if those two can come together and go, this is not working, what is, what can we lean into? What, um, dials can we turn up? How can we try and make this more like um, the good Russell Wilson offenses we've seen? Because this stuff that has been leaned into in recent years um, isn't working. It's going to be a hard conversation and a hard reflection. And again, I'm not sure if they're capable of it. But if they do that, there's still good talent on this roster. Jerry Judy's inconsistent. He's the most talented uh, receiver on the team see it all throughout training camp. Um, you see it in spurts in the games. I don't know if he ever puts it together and that's probably his career long problem are the inconsistencies, but he does not want for talent. Neither does Cortland Sutton who entered the week top five in E yards, which I think is probably the best advanced analytic for measuring wide receiver play. If you look at the top fives over the last couple of years, it's like all the guys you'd consider the elite receivers, Diggs, Justin Jefferson, uh, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, uh, guys of that ilk, the, the no-brainer elite guys. And Corlin Sutton's performing brilliantly there. Um, I do think he is a real weapon too. Um, leaning into, it's just so tough because I think the knobs you'd have to turn, even if Hackett and Russ have those reflections, are like, the steadiness of a run game. I think the best Russell Wilson offenses are always going to have a steady run game that everything operates off of. Can that be found with how beat up the offensive line is, how poor the healthy parts of the offensive line are performing? Even healthy Garrett Bowles was a disappointment. Lloyd Cushenberry has not lived up to the offseason hype in, in all those press conferences and whatnot. Um, maybe if somehow the offensive line can start clicking, you can get some sort of steady run game going with Melvin Gordon um, and Jerry Judy becomes a little more consistent. You could see those offensive adaptions working right now. I think it's just like, can we find the glimmers by kind of twisting those knobs, leaning more into what Russ does? Well, can you find the glimmers of hope that like, okay, we're on the right track when this team isn't so wildly devastated by injury in 20 23, um, maybe things can be better with Russ because even the good version of Russ is a high variance quarterback. So to balance that out with your offense, you need steady, consistent offense uh, options. I'd say maybe the two most steady and consistent options on this offense, uh, Javante Williams and Tim Patrick gone. Um, I'd say uh, another thing that leads to offensive stability good offensive line play. It's been terrible. Um, and that's not just a Russell Wilson inflated thing either. If you look at the rushing stats and what they're creating for their running back before contact and, and all those advanced metrics, they're also towards the bottom of the league. It's just been bad. Feel like that was a very lengthy rant, but it, you've got to be long-winded because it's so hard to try and thread that needle for in-season optimism this year. It's I, I think you're the optimism for this year is hopefully they can find things that make you feel good about the team's outlook in 2023. Cause right now it's imp nearly impossible to feel good, even about this team's outlook in 2023. Yeah. I, I know I put you in quite the position there and appreciate the answer that you gave. And 
it it does though feel a little bit like Homer and Bart chasing the pig and it's just a little dirty it's just a little wet it's just a little airborne it's gone and I feel maybe we're just a few weeks at this point from it being gone but Zach I appreciate you joining me on you know this what I feel has been a kind of a coronial inquest into maybe the the Broncos first uh, five weeks of the, the season and uh, what uh, what it has been like and you know from the expectations and the hopes that Broncos had the fact that the NFL put the Broncos on prime time so many times and that now we are certainly I think both the national and international meme champions and uh, the team that everyone is talking about for all the wrong reasons it will be very interesting to see where the chips fall and where things are in 13 weeks time but I think it's very unlikely we see meaningful January football in the Mile High City. Zach, for people out there who are listening to this, who would like to re read more of your, your stuff, hear more of your stuff, where can they do that? Yeah, uh, go over to milehighsports.com. Uh, I'm doing these game review pieces, stock up, stock down. I have, I'm really proud of it. I was up stupid late, like 3 a.m. last night. I have to work at 5.30 a.m. Um, so I was up until uh, 3 a.m. last night going through just like, how can the Broncos get out of this? Um, I've been really proud of what I've done on that piece. I've been taking more time on it this year, um, this weekly series, and I think they're really, really strong. So go there for your post-game Broncos takes. Um, also check out the Let's Talk Broncos podcast. Uh, it, it's a show I'm doing with Joey Richards and Bree Maestas. It is a daily Broncos group therapy session. We do uh, Mondays. We will have a game recap Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Friday. We, uh, you know, mix it up a bit. And then Saturday we'll have a game preview for you uh, to get ready. Obviously it's this week with Thursday night. Tonight we will be reviewing the disaster that we all just occurred in more depth. So if you didn't get enough of that to, today, go over there. Um, and at Zach underscore Seagers on Twitter. Thank you so much for having me, Colm. Uh, thank you all the Irish listeners for listening and helping expand the sport internationally. It's something I'm very, very excited to see. And um, yeah, hope I can uh, head over there and join all of you. Uh, yeah, love Ireland, beautiful country. Thanks very much, Zach. Um, this this week we have the first time ever two teams with a winning record playing each other in London as the Giants take on the Packers. We will be live from the rooftop opposite the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday morning from 9 a.m. So you can join us there. Um, definitely check out Zach's stuff. And um, I am sure the Broncos will be a team to keep an eye on uh, over the next 13 weeks probably for more bad reasons than good, but we shall see. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoy listening to uh, people uh, with Irish accents talking about the NFL, do uh, subscribe, rate, review. It makes a big difference. And thank you once again to Zach Seegers. <laughs>